is going to discuss with you a little bit about something that we hear all over the web right now, everywhere in all the marketing channels, and that is how to build a funnel on your website. Marketing funnels are not new. Sales funnels, this goes way back to the in the history of sales. The sales funnel is a classic. That's what, it's just, it is a thing. This is nothing new, but now that we are all um, getting our clients and our leads through our websites, how to take that concept and interpret it on our websites and use our websites to get more leads and customers, that's what we're talking about right here today. So before we dive into the topic any further, why don't I uh, let you guys meet our panel today, Mr. Streifler? Awesome. Hey, everybody. Tim Streifler here, and I'm broadcasting from San Clemente, California, here in the USA. And you can find me online, no matter where you are, on uh, DiviLife.com. Uh, DiviLife is where I have all my Divi plugins, child themes, layouts, and tutorials. And then WPGears.com, where I have my Divi Business Expert course, along with my pal David, who may or may not be jumping in here. We will have to see. You just um, never know. But that. yeah, full disclosure, we're a little bit late because we hit the live button, started a whole, whole intro, started talking, introducing ourselves, and then realized that we weren't actually live. And <laughs> the tricky thing is, is we did everything right. It's just the technology just said no. Sure, and vetoed. Sure. And here's the biggest bummer is my intro was way better the first time. <laughs> Dang it. Oh, it's Trust me, you guys. I nailed it the first time. Trust me. Anyway, <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're not going to point any fingers or cast any blame because Lord knows I'll be the one doing it next time. So, uh, Sarah Oates, welcome. Hey. Good hey morning. Guys. You look so um, spooky. Like you're, I think you're on some kind of uh, album cover that I can't right. place, but. It's uh, I'm I'm in a new space at the moment. I've moved my office. Hi, Sarah Oates from Endure Web Studios. I it will get lighter as the morning goes on because the back will start lighting up because it is seven thirteen a.m. here in Australia, and it's early. Generally, the way this works is I start off really tired, and by the end of the episode, I'm a little bit manic. So welcome to that. You can find me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on the socials. Welcome and thank you for getting up so early that uh, you are a better person than me because that would not be happening. But uh, I am Stephanie Hudson and I run a white label WordPress maintenance company called Focus WP. You can hit me up over there, focuswp.co. You can't hit me up in the chat anymore. We took it off because our site was way too slow and nobody used it anyway. So, But you can also find me over at my agency site, enjoysweettea.com. And I do have a chat on there. My email addresses are there too. But where I find myself most days is in my Facebook group, Focus on Your Biz, which is a group for like-minded small agencies, solopreneurs, and affiliated industries, freelancers, and so forth that are all trying to help um, each other figure out this thing called entrepreneurship. But today we're going to be talking about um, something that does impact all of us as web professionals, and that is the website sales funnel. So before we uh, dig into the details of how to do it and why we do it, Tim, why don't you go ahead and kick us off by telling us what the heck a sales funnel or a marketing funnel is. Yay. So for those of you that may be <laughs> new- so excited. Yay. <laughs> 
that wasn't a, a true reflection of my actual excitement because I actually am really excited. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I am the resident definer. However, the last couple of topics haven't been haven't really needed a definition, and so haven't been able to define much lately. Um, but a sales funnel is basically a very straightforward walkthrough of the sales process. And so if you look at like a typical e-commerce site, there are distractions everywhere. You have, it's almost like the, uh, actually this is an analogy from Adam uh, Prizer from WP Crafter who has the cart flows tool. And we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, but basically a typical e-commerce site's like a vending machine. You have a bunch of different options. You get uh, decision fatigue, trying to decide what you want. Where a sales funnel is, it's focused on one thing and the, the funnel's walking you through that process. Um, and so it eliminates distractions. It doesn't have your, your header with your about page and your team members. It doesn't have a bunch of other products. It's basically one product, all the features, benefits, social proof, um, everything you need to know to make a decision. And then it walks you through, uh, uh, through that sales process. And then typically a funnel is multiple steps. And so you don't just have one decision, you make that one decision and then there's going to be an upsell and there might be another upsell. And we'll, we'll talk about those types of things, but, um, Basically, uh, a sales funnel is a very straightforward uh, handholding process. So it's kind of the difference between going to a big store like Walmart or Costco and having tons of different options and, and things to look at, uh, opposed to going to a specialty store and having a salesperson hold your hand and walk you through that sales process. So um, hopefully that's a uh, easy to understand definition. We'll definitely unpack that and talk about how to do that specifically with Divi since this is Divi chat. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a uh, best practice and can result in higher conversions because you are taking away all the distractions. I think one thing right. I'd like to comment on it is the fact that I hate the word sales funnel. And I think I would fit a broad group of people um, who feel like it's over technical and scary and big and my website doesn't need a sales funnel because that's for like the big crazy uh, things and I think what I want to put up front is you don't have to call it a sales funnel if you don't want to but you, every website will probably already have the super basicest form of this right. and could have a slightly better form of this and whether you want to call it a sales funnel or whether that scares you too much, you probably are already in some steps doing this and it's not as scary as it sounds and it doesn't have to be as complicated as a lot of websites. Like Tim's sales funnel, for example, is going to be completely different to my sales funnel and his sales funnel is going to be super complex and mine's going to be super simple and that's okay. So we're going to be talking about the broad range of it. So if you've come to this and you think, oh, that's not for me because I don't run a big e-commerce business or a big whatever, um, it can be as simple as someone coming to the website and knowing how to proceed or knowing what step to take next or just taking one action and then having a response to that action. So we're going to be talking about that today. And I guess I just wanted to say that because every time I hear sales funnels, I think I don't want any part of it for me, for my business. Yeah. But I actually do it for every single client that I have. I just, there's something about it that feels big and irky and it's okay. It doesn't have to be that way. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. Thanks for bringing that up, Sarah. Because um, yeah, every website has a quote unquote funnel, whether you have a formal like sales funnel or you just have like a normal website. But basically a funnel is just the process of getting the user from point A to point B. And so it might be just a really simplified version, kind of a basic website, or it might be a more formalized funnel that, you know, eliminates the distractions and stuff like that. So that's, yeah, that's a good point. I agree every that every has site it. has a funnel, Tim, I think. Okay. Well, every website where there's a, a intended goal. So whether that goal yes. is a, a lead to get them to call you, to fill out a form, to buy a product, you know, right. That's what I yeah, think. And of I guess as even if you is. don't have a newsletter pop up, for example, you could still have a funnel. I think a lot of people align funnels to be a specific thing, but a funnel could be as simple as having a contact form on your website and directing people to that contact form to take that action. And then you personally respond. It doesn't have to be an automated series. We're going to talk about this, obviously, but there are all sorts of options and all sorts of ways you can go, but it could be super, super simple as well. Yeah. And uh, so what Sarah said before, the idea is that you have a goal for what you want your website users to do, an action that you would like them to take. And the process of guiding them through that is your funnel. So when you have a large number of people come to your site, basically your traffic, and then you filter them down through till they take the action. And the funnel illustration doesn't really fit because it's more of a filter than a funnel. It's really getting rid of people who aren't the right leads, funneling the right leads in. And so the idea of it being large at the top and small at the bottom fits because there's fewer people there, but those are the more qualified people, ideally, if things are going the right way. So why is this important? Why, sh why do we care about it? Why has this been a buzzword in marketing and sales for decades? What is the point? Yeah. And, and uh, Jake St. Peter in, in our live chat on YouTube actually just kind of summed it up perfectly. What's the point of a website without a goal? Right. And so um, there are, are times where I think, you know, like strictly informational purposes, you know, whatever, but like in most cases, you're going to have some sort of a goal. Even if it's a blog post, the goal is to get them to read your content and then hopefully subscribe. Um, or, you know, leave a comment, you know, whatever it may be. And so like, there's going to be some sort of a goal. And so you want the goal of the, the website to help guide them through, you know, to achieve that goal. And so, um, otherwise, you know, it's just creating a website for the sake of creating a website, which right. website visitors are dumb sheep, right? They're just sheep. We've had, we've got a, if you don't tell anybody what to do, they're not going to do it. You've, we've, you know that we all know that from our, all of the websites we've made and the clients we have, right? So we've got to get them funneled through into the place where we want them to take that. Unless they're action. coming for a specific purpose. Like who hasn't ever gone to a shop online and they know they are there to go and buy this one thing and you go to the homepage and then you click on products and then you go find your product and then you click. But that's like the unique person, right? Like 99% yeah. of people who come to a website maybe thinking about buying a product, may want to look at some specific thing. But for the most part, I kind of there to browse or look around or find out a bit more or maybe have a peek. Most people are not there knowing exactly what they want to do. Yeah, that is true. Exactly. And, and that kind of gets into the whole concept, like for e-commerce, for example, sales funnels versus a traditional e-commerce shopping experience and like which one's better. And I personally agree, 
with uh, the notion of having both. One's not better than the other. They're both needed because like Sarah said, some people, they want to browse. They don't know exactly. They're up higher in the, the buying process and they're still kind of educating themselves. They might be problem aware, but they're not exactly sure what solution they want. And so they want to browse. They don't want to be sold to yet. Um, where someone else might be, they know they have a problem. They know what the solution is now they just need to decide on yours and so you walk them through with the sales funnel to show them why your solution is the best solution so an example of this is just the other day i wanted to buy a weighted blanket and i knew exactly which weighted blanket i wanted to buy and i went to the website and all they had was a sales funnel so i couldn't just go browse all the products and find the product that i wanted i already knew i'd been watching them on instagram for ages like i knew exactly which one i wanted but I had to go through the sales funnel process to find the one that I wanted because they didn't have a spot for just all their products. And I felt like you're going to make me go away because I don't want to go through your sales funnel. I just want to purchase. So I agree. I think it makes sense to have both things going on for the people who come and they just, they know exactly what they want. They just want to find the product, buy it and move on. But equally, there are plenty of people who want to come to the weighted blanket website and go through the process of learning about it and discovering which one might fit them because what type of person they are and blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah. for them, you need both. And I think that's a good reason why. Yeah, I'd like to definitely. talk further about that weighted blanket later, maybe. It's coming this week. I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> not that this is relevant, but I'm not a big fan of weighted blankets. <laughs> I find it constricting and it almost like limits me. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm like, wanna, I've never had one to try it. Try it. They, they say it, it feels like it's you're getting hugged by the blanket and it's like that weight. I love like, hugs. That's comfort. I love hugs too, <laughs> but from people. <laughs> oh, okay. Not for blankets. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. So, so anyway, I think there are, again, as we've talked about here, there's lots of different things we can talk about. So if you want to talk about um, e-commerce sales funnels, uh, episode 145 was where we had Adam Prazer on there. You guys know him from his uh, WP Crafter uh, YouTube series and everything. He's amazing. And his product is a uh, click cart flows, right? Is that it? I almost cart said flows, the wrong yeah. one. And then I doubted yeah. myself. Okay. Sorry. Cl Adam. Click funnels. <laughs> click funnels is oh, not WordPress. It's a close. I know. I know. I know. I knew it was cart flows. Don't I'm now I'm going to say I'm wrong. They both started yeah, to see. I know. So same initials. Does, yeah. He does cart flows. <laughs> I'm doubting myself constantly, which is a third party solution. And you can go listen to that episode and go check out his product. It's great. You know, Tim uses it and everything. And there, he's got a huge fan base. Um, you also can use ClickFunnels, which is a um, super popular one as well. And that's that's sort of where I think one of the ways that the, the funnel word has started seeping into our um, everyday language and our posts on Facebook and every place else that we see. Um, and that that is, we're going to talk a little bit more about that sort of concept. But there's also, I don't know if you guys have heard about funnel packs, these funnel packs that are, um, I think the website is funnelpacks.co. I'll have to look that up. I'll look it up and put it in the show notes. But where they sell a little funnel pack, a little bundle that you can just set up on your site, whether it's Divi or Elementor or Beaver Builder. So uh, you can do things like that as well. But what we're going to talk about today is if if we wanted to set a goal and build a little funnel for it, how could we do such a thing? So let's say a lot of, I know a lot of our viewers getting leads is something that's important. So if we wanted to get some more leads, if we wanted to get contacts for our email list, build our list a little bit and potentially 
get some customers, um, an idea could be to build a funnel on your site. The first thing that we would need, of course, would be a hook, a tripwire, a lead magnet, whatever that would be, something to get their attention in the first place, right? Now, we're, we're not really going to talk about how they're getting to the site because that's other things. That's SEO, that's pay-per-click ads, that's all of that. But once they're there, what do you have to offer them? Um, so, uh, guys, what could be a couple examples of a lead magnet that someone could offer? We all see them and we all fall for them all the time, but just to talk um, about it. Yeah. I mean, it could be a PDF guide that teaches them how to do X, Y, Z. It could be a, uh, an email course. That's another lead magnet where subscribe and we'll send you, you know, 10 emails that will teach you how to do X, Y, Z. Um, yeah. Anything of value that can get people to subscribe and give you the their pricing information guide is a really good one. Like if someone yeah. say you're running a web design business, a lot of people are like, I don't really know how much a website should cost. So you know, like a pricing guide. So yeah. then you can just, it could be a PDF, but it's something really relevant that feels low risk. Like, yeah, yeah that'd be interesting. For like sure. we're all nosy, right? We want, yeah. we'd love to we know what inside charging. goss. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a great one. Any kind of checklist, uh, eBooks and white papers, mm -hmm. depending on your industry. I mean, I don't see tons of those in, in ours, but, um, but you know, that's historically like the most popular ones, the eBook and things like that. Now we could also, um, you could also sell something, uh, a, an idea that's very popular right now is to sell what they call a pocket product. Have you guys, something are you guys familiar cheap. with this? Yeah. Like a, a foot in the door offer is another way to yep. put it. Something that is like less than 50 bucks, maybe less than 30 bucks or something like that. Something that is sort of a no brainer for your particular audience that just hooks them. And the concept there is that if it's free, they may not value it and may not think that it's worth anything. But so, so these are a couple ideas. This is your hook. This is what you do. So once you, you develop this deliverable, whatever it is, let's just call it a PDF for now. You've got a PDF of some information that they're going to use your pricing guide, we'll say, and then what, well, how do we get them to request it in your Divi site? Okay. So Divi specifically like talking tools and everything. Yeah. Let's talk. Tools. So, I mean, I'll, I'll walk you through one that I have now. This, Do it. this is not for getting web design clients. This is for Divi life, my product business, but I have a free plugin called Divi coming soon. And basically, um, there's, there's basically a blog post that has it. And then you click, get the product and then it does a pop-up using my own plugin, Divi Overlays, with the Gravity Form. I use Gravity Forms. So they, they put in their name, they put in their email, and then Gravity Forms will then send them an email with the link to download it. And then Gravity Forms will also send their email address to MailChimp to subscribe into my list. And of course, I make it abundantly clear that they're gonna be subscribed to my email list. Uh, you know, Make sure you do that. Yeah, by getting this yeah. uh, freebie, and then they can, of course, unsubscribe at any time. Um, and then, so they get that email with the, the link to download. Now, I don't know if we want to get into this yet, but this is a multi-part funnel. And so they're immediately redirected to a, another landing page that says, hey, the freebie is on its way to your, your email inbox now. It's a video of me talking. And, um, and then I say, Wait, that's you, completely- you, had a video, you did a video of you talking? I did That's a video so of me weird. talking. I know. So no one's weird. ever seen that it. before in their newsfeed. <laughs> um, and the video of me talking is, is offering uh, coming soon layouts for five bucks, five for $5, $35 value. Get it now. 
Um, and so Boom. traditionally that's called a tripwire. So you have a lead magnet, which is the Divi coming soon plugin. Then you have a tripwire, which is something of, you know, high value or, you know, a decent value for a low price. And the whole point of that is to get them to say yes to that first purchase, because if they say yes to that first purchase, they're 10 times more likely to say yes to another purchase in the future for a higher cost. Yep. So that's, that's my funnel. And so I use, I do that with Divi overlays with gravity forms and that's it. And then my own e-commerce system, which is easy digital downloads. So now if you can use, if you, if you have, um, if you don't use gravity forms, you can always use bloom, right? Yep. Which is free with your elegant themes membership. Of course, what you What's can, it? And, and it'll work and you can integrate it with MailChimp. The reason why I use Gravity Forms is Gravity Forms gives you control over uh, the notification email that, that's sent to them. I don't think Bloom sends out an email to the customer. And so I use that to craft a personalized email with their download link. So rather than so giving them- So if you do it with Bloom, you have to then set it up in your in email provider. So inside MailChimp, which MailChimp's recently changed their- um, Thing. I think you almost have to pay right from the beginning now. You do. Like you used to be oh, able to do well. a lot for free, whereas you can't mm -hmm. now. And so I always used to say MailChimp was the best solution for everybody to start with because it was free for such a long time. But now it really isn't. So maybe you want to look around. But if you choose to use Bloom, you're going to have to set up your email automation system to start right from the beginning. And so just make sure that you're happy with, before you pick which one, make sure you're really happy with the fact that you can send an automated email right from the beginning. Um, I, I don't think that that's, a, that's not a deal breaker for me because I'm already gonna go in and set up the email sequence, which is what we're gonna talk about next. And you can use Bloom, like if somebody doesn't have a Gravity Forms subscription, for example, and we're trying to just do this with out of the box what we've got, you know, if you, hopefully you have an email campaign. I mean, if you don't have an email marketing thing, then, well, I guess you're just sunk on this, but because that's a crucial part of this piece is the the email marketing that comes after it. But to get, uh, to, to use Bloom, you can use Bloom to redirect to your thank you page. And just as a very basic setup, you don't have to have that second product there like Tim does. That's an awesome setup and that's super beneficial. But for the basic basics, you could just have that go to a thank you page that has a link to download there as well. I, I like to have the download go to the email and the thank you page because, for example, if I'm on my phone, like it's at night and I'm scrolling my phone, and I'm like, oh yeah, I might want this, sli this slide presentation or something. Like I don't want it on my phone. So I want to have it emailed to me. But if I'm at my desk and I click on something, I don't want to have to go open my email up to get it either. So I like having the option yeah. to have it in both places. And sure. if you do it that way too, you, uh, in other words, if you have the download link on the thank you page, you run the risk of someone giving you a bogus email, uh, and just getting That's the download true. link, which I've personally done that. It's like, well, it's like, I want this, you but sleaze. I'm not sure if I want it really bad. And so I'll just give blah, 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 blah.com. And then I get their, you know, the freebie right away. But the marketers that are smart will say, we're going to send you the freebie directly to your email. So then I don't even, that doesn't even cross my mind to, you know, give a fake email or, or whatever. Um, so, <laughs> so that it's, it that's essentially like a double opt-in type of scenario because yeah, yeah, it's forcing it them to give the right email in order to get the freebie, which they can then of course unsubscribe after that if they don't want to right. be on the list. So it's true. It's true. So, um, but yeah, so what Tim's doing with the add-on, I know other people that, um, 
just put them into an email sequence that the first email is the thank you and here's your deliverable. The next email is a little like cool message of some sort, whatever, like uh, here's here's some info about us, whatever. The third email is, by the way, we wanted to send you this additional bonus thing where you could either give another freebie or you could do your little pocket product there, pocket offer or your tripwire. You could add that in an email there too. So there's lots of ways to configure all of this, but the basic elements are that we want to have something of value that is accessible and that is worth the cost, whether it is the price of the product itself or the price of their email address. So whatever it is, we want to make sure that that's it's high value for a low barrier to entry where it's an, it's a no brainer kind of a thing, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm reading some of the live chat comments of people saying, Oh, that let's my, talk my about it. Because, <laughs> yeah. Somebody Miro said, I got tripped. <laughs> he said he bought it. So, I so that's say, good. Yeah. for me, funnels, like because of the way I have my email set up and I'm guessing a lot of people have their email set up this way, whether you're using uh, Google or whatever, I don't see a lot of the sales emails that come into my email. They just go somewhere else and I don't see them. And so I think for me, the way sales funnels work for me is more about if I want something specific from them, for me, then I read that thing I feel connected to that company and then I'm more likely to go back to their website. I'm more likely to interact with them. So I think sometimes we get really caught up in this whole email sequence, like promotional and yes, it's important. And yes, for like product services, it's really helpful. And, but I think a lot of people don't even see all of the follow-up emails. I don't have a problem signing up to any of these things because it just goes straight into my newsletter folder. I never see it again. That's fine. Mm. So for me, it's really important what that first thing is because the first thing, if it feels really connected, then I feel connected to the company and then I'm going to be more likely to interact with the company by choice. So I think it's just worth thinking about that because not everybody is going to see any follow-up email you ever send because yeah. not everybody interacts with their email that way. Um, but I think part of it is about them having made a choice to interact with you, to choose to give something to you, you chose to give something to them, and now you're connected at a different level, which then makes them potentially more interested in direct contact through the contact form or purchasing or whatever the next thing is. Some of it's about the feeling of connection and being ready for the next step whether or not they then seal your whole email sequence. Um, yeah. Sarah, so what did if, you say was the first thing that you care? Is it the first email that you get or the thank you page? Or well, whatever it is I, that you're opting in whatever. for, right? Like, or is it what you're opting opt, in for? I will go look for the email. I opted for it, right? So <laughs> that first email, I will always look at that first email because I wanted the thing that I put my email address in for. I'm going to go dig for it in my newsletter folder. But after that point, I might check my newsletter yeah. folder every two weeks, maybe. Yeah. And for the most part, I'm just going to delete them all. So you're not going to get me after that point. That point is the important point. And that needs to make me feel emotionally connected to you in some way so that I'm ready for whatever the next step is. Um, there will be a lot of people like me. So just keep that in mind because not everybody's looking at their newsletter folders. Or that whatever. brings up so what, a great what, point. Oh, go ahead, Tim. So what you're saying essentially is that whatever that high value thing that you're opting in for, that lead magnet, that freebie, mm -hmm. it has to be 
amazing so that you feel yes. connected to the company. So like if it's yes. a plugin, it has to be a, a, an awesome plugin that works. You know, if it's a yeah. free piece of content, it has to be in depth and it has to deliver on what it says it's going to deliver and be on. juicy, like yeah. give enough that makes you feel like, wow, they really gave to me. Or like you're saying with your thing, Tim, I think your thing is really important or the thank you page is really important because in that moment, you have the opportunity to keep me and to keep me going on this journey because I know in my email box, I've got this thing coming that I really wanted, but hey, you've hooked me right at this moment and I'm going to continue browsing just while I'm here. I might as well. Mm -hmm. I think we, a lot of people look, put a lot of emphasis on the follow-up emails and they're good and they can be very effective, but I would say they're becoming less and less and less effective and you need to use these tools like sending them somewhere else immediately and just even intriguing their brain, even if they go away, you've intrigued their brain to potentially come back in the future because yeah. not everyone lives in their email newsletters. They just don't anymore. Eric Dingler in the chat just brought up something that I think is really relevant. He said, in my first email, I delivered the lead magnet and tease a bonus in the second email, um, which I think you could potentially even tease the bonus in that that first email basically. Page. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. the thank you page. Basically it's like yeah. you're, you're, you're Straight teasing away. it along the way to like basically convince them like, Hey, continue looking for my emails because I have this coming. Like I'm going to send yes. you this. And I have about five newsletters that I have said, come to my inbox, please. Instead of my newsletter folder for those Whoa. reasons, because they continue to give me good. So if you can intrigue me enough I may choose to send you to my inbox, at least for a while. So that is a really good point. I think you can intrigue people enough to bypass their Sarah, rules. Sarah, you've gone from being completely in the dark to being like on the face of the sun. <laughs> it's because it's like... <laughs> that escalated I mean, so quickly. <laughs> oh God. I've got my pajamas on though. Everyone's going to see I would need pajamas. I would need sunscreen if I was in that seat right now. So, uh, <laughs> Sunglasses. There's a lot <laughs> well, no, I'm just a ginger. It's a problem. So anyway, we've got tons of great comments in the live chat. If you guys are listening to this uh, after the fact, or what, uh, you, you got to come join us in the live chat sometime. Everybody is sharing so many good things. They're talking about what they're replacing MailChimp with since it's changed things. Nice. We've got a convert kit, send in blue, MailJet, a bunch of things have been mentioned. But yeah, um, Eric's, Eric is doing a killer job right now with all of his uh, marketing, Eric Dingler. So he's got, he's got some comments that I'm sure we want to pay attention to his suggestions there that are working. Um, yeah. Let's see, what else do we have in here? I, I will say something regarding MailChimp. MailChimp has the largest market share in the space, like by far, like no other company even comes close. And it's because of that free plan that they've offered for, for years and years that really like built up their yeah. business. And um, even though MailChimp is expensive, I spend a fortune every month on MailChimp. I'm willing to stick with it for a couple of reasons. One, I, I see a huge return on, on, on that email marketing. So it, it more way more than balances out. But also um, the fact that MailChimp is so widely used, their email servers, people are used to getting emails from those servers or, uh, you know, web email that you have and stuff is used to getting email from those servers. And so the deliverability is a lot higher because I, I have tested out other platforms and I actually saw a difference in deliverability. And so I'm no like server email configuration expert, so I'm not going to try to explain why, but I just know MailChimp has 
amazing deliverability. And then also Plus MailChimp- it integrates with everything. Boom. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. It integrates everything. with everything. So, so even though it is, it can be pricey compared to other things. Um, to me, it's, it's worth it. And so, yeah. I don't know. I used to always say that was the best free one. And then it gets expensive really quickly after that. So, but it gives it you an does. opportunity to build. But now I agree. I, I didn't even realize it had changed. I was just confused because yeah. I was like, wait, I can't schedule anything. Like unless it's the first triggered email that they get or whatever, you can't schedule any emails anymore on the free plan, yep. which is problematic unless you're just going in there and hitting the send so button So one manually. sales funnel we haven't talked about, I don't know if you guys feel like this fits in sales funnels, but is that process of when you're actually on the journey of purchasing something and then you get suggestions or options along the way, or like you're looking at a product and it says you might be interested in these products. In my mind, they fit sales funnels, but are they something else technically? Um, because I, I mean, feel it's... like they take you along the journey of like, discovering things and potentially yeah. adding more things as you go. I'm, a good sales funnel, sales funnel will suggest add-ons. So like get this mm -hmm. plus this type of thing. And, um, you know, depending on the platform and everything, they might call it an order bump. So you're, you've, you've clicked the, yes, I want it from the formal sales funnel. You're now on the checkout page and now they have that order bump where it's a short sentence that says, Hey, you can add this to your order for only this. Normally it's this price. And then you just check a box and boom, it's added to your order. Um, and so to me, that's really effective for, for like a traditional e-commerce site that says like, uh, people also bought, like to me, that just distracts you. And even when I'm like shopping on Amazon, which is not a traditional like sales funnel, it's more of the, uh, or it's not a formal sales funnel, it's more of a traditional e-commerce experience. I see those other products and it distracts me because I'm like, wait, am I missing out by purchasing this and not this thing that they're recommending to me? And so I start <laughs> overthinking it and I'm like looking and comparing it and stuff where like a sales funnel that just has you focused on one thing and yeah. then might have some options to you know, add in other things. So there's got to be upgrades or side products, not equal products. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Not something that's going to, not alternative products, so to speak. Um, yeah. Because I find it quite useful on sites. Like say you're purchasing something. Oh, I, I don't even want to know. Okay. So I just bought an iPad Pro, right? Like say you're buying an iPad Pro and then it gives you options. Like a lot of other people also bought like a keyboard and a mouse and a screen protector. And like they're things that can go with it. And all of yeah. a sudden I'm thinking, well, hold on. Yeah, that actually would be really helpful to have those things. And now I don't have to go search for that at another time. And so, or even if yeah. it just sparks in my mind, you know what? I did want to get one of those. I won't get it now, but I will come back for it later. It sparked that stuff in my mind enough to make that choice. But it's not saying, right. or you could consider this other iPad, which is right. different. Exactly. It's kind of, it's saying, well, along with this, you might also need these additional things. And suddenly like I'm, either buying more things or considering coming back at a future point for those additional things that I didn't even know you sold. Right, exactly. And, and Apple does it right. They're the most valuable company in the world for a reason. They know what they're doing. Um, but yeah, basically, like there's a ton of, and this is the stuff I nerd out over, a ton of marketing psychology in that because you've made a conscious decision to say yes to something. Those yeah. second, third, and fourth yeses are so much easier. Now, if, if they would have started and said, hey, do you want this and this and this and this for $1,000? You would have said no. But if they would have said, hey, do you want this thing right here for $500? You're like, okay, a $500 I can afford. And then they ask you, do you want this add on this add on this add? And all of a sudden you're spending $1,000 because you've said yes to all the little smaller yeses yeah, like that came at after the shop, that big right? yes. 
So I was yeah. in the actual shop. They said to me, do you want like the, the whatever it is, uh, Apple Wait, Care. you got and to go like, to a store? I did. I had to queue <gasps> up and wear a mask and have my temperature taken. But yeah. I, I que- anyway, I, they said, do you want like the Apple Care? And I was like, mm, how much is it? And they're like, it's like $200. Like, oh, that's a lot of money. And then they're like, yeah, so just for your like your informational sake, if you drop this iPad, it's gonna cost you a thousand dollars to like get a new one. But if you drop it with the Apple Care, it's gonna cost you sixty dollars. And I was like, Okay, I've already spent this much money. So like it was that thing where they like they just kind of popped it in at the end. They explained the value. The value was very big if I dropped this very expensive iPad that the value was huge. Therefore, it's really only this much and that's very valuable. Would you like to pop it in? Sure, okay. So I think sometimes that like that part of the sales funnel of like explaining the value and offering it to you, there's no pressure, but would you like it? I think can be very effective in lots of scenarios. Especially when compared to the price of the product, what you're offering at that point is like a really small thing, whether it's like, whatever it is that you're offering it if it is proportionally much smaller i think it's much easier for people to go yeah i'll just add another 20 bucks sure yeah exactly i mean it's like when you're at a like grocery store and you have a a basket full of you know a hundred dollars worth of groceries and then you see the candy that's at the checkout (laughs) that one dollar decision for that candy bar like it's like whatever it's just it's yeah it's a dollar compared to everything else i'm buying yeah there was something else I was going to say about that, but I do think, um, I think the email sequences that come, I know Sarah says they don't, but especially that first one, if you do hook somebody, I think the writing there is really key. Having that done professionally or having it done just well by you and having it run past other people and continuing to refine it and seeing what's working, potentially even doing some testing you know, seeing which ones perform better than others, checking your open rates, all of those things, the analytics on everything are super important because again, this is, that's the point of it all. If it's, if we're not still staying in touch with them, you know, then why are we doing, why are we giving stuff away for free if we're not going to get a new lead or a new contact or a new customer out of the mix, right? So I think that the copy on the thank you page as well, equally important. So, you know, it's sometimes if you don't have a, you know, it, it can be too difficult sometimes when you're in it. Do you guys find that? Like, it's your stuff, so it can be so hard to explain it clearly and simply. You know, like uh, Donald Miller always talks about with all of uh, his stuff where it's like, you want to get on there and be like, well, my grandfather started this company 100 years ago, and we're really proud that we support these organizations and blah, 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 and we care about veterans and whatever else. And he's like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Just get to the point. And it's too hard. We're too emotionally involved. So sometimes you need to get somebody that's outside of you, whether it's um, a colleague or hiring a professional copywriter, something like that, You know, talking to SEO conversion specialists even about the specific words that work to get people to convert once they, once you have them sort of in that funnel to keep them going down. Yeah, and even to seeing what path. irks people, like, have you guys ever received one of those emails and they like, they've gone too far. Like yep. the language they use is too, it's overly friendly or it's like, Hey hon, it's so nice to hear from you. And you're like, oh, that's in those late oh chick groups. Gosh, like, yes. And it just, I hate like, them. those ones I yeah. immediately like, I'm out. Like, 
So I think it is worth hey, babe. working out yeah. Yeah, okay. who is your market and and you're not friends at that point. So like, <clears throat> you know, be careful on your wording because yeah. you might think this is going to be like really hit, but you actually might turn off too many of your people by yeah. having wording like that. I, I was on an email list from a marketer and I don't even remember who it was. I unsubscribed after this, but right when coronavirus like blew up, the subject line was something along the lines of my friend just died of COVID-19. And then you <gasps> opened the email and then he said, well, actually, no, he didn't. I'm, but I got you to open the email or something along those uh, lines. And so I was just like horrible. unsubscribed. I was like, that's Not too okay. far. Like, yeah. So, but equally, it does too. matter what your subject. I think a lot of people don't put very much effort into their subject line. But like I said, with my newsletters, I check through maybe once a fortnight. All I look is at the subject line. And so oh, subject lines are super That important. really matters because that's the only what after that first email, subject line is the only thing I look at and decide whether or not to click into that new. And then also the uh, the little preview text. So you that comes yeah. after the subject and yeah, uh, most true. email marketing platforms will let you edit that separately. It, it, it implies that that's what is like how the email actually starts, but you can typically control that. Um, separately from that. That's a hot tip. I like that. That's good. I hate those bug me so much. Like I have, I've had some where it comes in with a subject and then the preview and then you open the email and it doesn't have those words anywhere in it. And I'm like, what What the, cause someone, it was somebody I know who, you know, I knew the marketer and they sent this thing and I wanted to make a joke about what was in that little preview thing. And I'm like, where the heck is it? This was like months ago. I had, I was like what it was. I hadn't even heard about that before. And I was like, yeah, that bugs Where did me that too. Come from? I I will typically kind of try to summarize what the point of the email is to get them to open it, um, but not have something like completely different that's not even in the email. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Nigel says, uh, "Oh, he said that's clickbait. What you were talking about, which is absolutely true. That's right. totally it's clickbait, horrible. which is don't do clickbait. Yeah, be legit. And just and, to uh, clarify, click, we're not saying clickbait is." anything interesting that makes you want to click on it. Clickbait is traditionally when you write something that makes people want to click on it. And then when they get in, it has nothing to do with that. It's the old bait That is switch, what clickbait basically. is. Do not do it. Yeah. It is yeah. okay to have really interesting, intriguing things that make you want to click on it. As long as you're backing that up with real stuff. Right. Or like or whatever. the subject, subject line that says like, this is going to blow your mind. And then like, you're just <laughs> promoting your product and you could argue that like, Hey, you know, it's really awesome. But it's like, no, that was really just. Elegant Themes mind. once titled one of their blog posts, like the most stunning website examples for some industry. And one of my websites was in it. I didn't choose to be in it. Ooh, and I would not have said this, email, this website was stunning. And I got comments from people saying, your website isn't stunning. It wasn't mine. It was like a client <laughs> website. It wasn't even a good client website. But someone had decided to put it. That title meant people came in with this like expectation of these amazing websites. And I got like all this hate mail for it. Anyway, side note. <laughs> the 10 most mind-bending <laughs> websites you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. That's kind of hard to live up to. Title it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, so or the blog and- posts like on social media, you'll see like, you know, 10 blah, 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 blah. And then it'll say in parentheses, like number four is going to shock you yeah. or something like that. <laughs> and you like, go straight to four exactly. and you're like, no. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, it's yep. a tricky one. I think it's a fine line between enticing people to open it, but not over-promising. I think you want to well deliver said. when you get into that email or when you get into the product or whatever it is. You don't want to feel let down because you're less likely to purchase at that point if you feel let down. And you're less likely to click on the email in the future as well. So you kind of have to be aware that if people choose to look in that email, that's kind of setting a standard of whether they're going to bother in the future. So yeah. it matters. Eric and Jake in the chat talking about oh, using emojis, about emojis. Yeah. in your email Ooh. subject line. Um, I find so. And so if you're on my email list, you'll see that pretty much every email has an emoji in the subject or I'll mix it up and I'll put an emoji in the preview text as well. Ooh. Basically, it's just something to, to kind of break up you know, their email inbox and draw attention to, to yours. But mm-hmm. you can't just put like 50 emojis, like <laughs> use them sparingly. Um, and it has to be yeah. fitting. Like if you have a new product yeah. release, okay, like, you know, a celebrate emoji or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's, I again, know, uh, know what they mean. Emojis. Don't use eggplant, for example. <laughs> <laughs> well, depends on what you're and selling. And Sarah has woken up, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I was... like sometimes we don't quite understand what they always mean. So maybe just do some research before you add in random emojis. I mean, the smiley yeah. face is always going to be fine, but maybe anything else, just double check. <laughs> just double check. Ask your teenager. They'll t- yeah. They probably wouldn't tell you. Hey, so <laughs> la- uh, last week, was it? We were. I was talking to Emma Kate, uh, who is, oh, yeah. um, does the design boss thing, and she's she does a lot of email newsletters, and she uses an emoji to sort of classify different emails that she sends out. So she has a weekly her weekly web boss or whatever it's called. And she does the little fist emoji on that one, I think. And then for different announcements, she uses different things. And I thought that was a clever way of doing that. If you're sending out multiple things so that they don't get completely jumbled in an inbox, if you're really um, sending out a lot of emails, I thought that was a clever option. What is, oh, Jake suggests writing the entire email in emojis. (laughs) That's a great idea. Great idea. How about the emails? Tell me what you guys think of these. The emails that are like telling a whole big long story, but it's only like one short sentence and then skips a line and then it's another short sentence and skips a line and then another one and then like all the way down the page. Is anybody else annoyed by those? Yeah, I I think. You know the ones I'm talking about? I do. It's like it's like long form, like story form, and it it does a lot of of line breaks and spaces between Uh sentences and stuff like that, which like I opt that way for even writing blog posts, but not to the extent that Stephanie's talking about where it's like really, really short. It's just like a ton of scrolling. It's like, come on, get uh-huh. to the point already. Um, yeah. But like, and then yeah, I did you- this and the line, you won't believe what happened next. Next line. I went yeah. to them and I thought, what are we going to say here? Next, and I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, I like right. a story like the next person, yeah. but like, give me a break. Yeah. Not a line exactly. break. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just like blog posts, you, you don't want like huge blocks of text. You want to break it out, make it easier to read and, and digest right. and stuff. But but yeah. you don't want to go don't too far that way. Either. Yeah. So there, there's what's a your guys' thoughts on in your emails having um, a bunch of images versus just having plain text emails going out? I I have a I have mixed feelings about it, but I want to hear what you guys think. I mean, I think it depends on uh, what you're selling, who your audience is, stuff like that. So like well, for sure. a lot of, of marketers that kind of do that long form storytelling, like Stephanie's talking about where it's like lots of line breaks and spacing and stuff. It's like, they're selling info products a lot of times. And it's like, there's not a lot of images that work for that. 
But sure. like with me selling Divi products, like I'm selling to web designers, like I need it to look beautiful. And so I need to show yeah. examples and stuff. So I use a ton of images. Um, so I think it kind of depends. However, like mixing it up, I think is important too. kind of like what Eric Dingler, he suggested to me, try using all lowercase. And I think that can be, um, effective when it's different than other emails your subscribers are getting, but also different than the emails that your subscribers are used to getting from you. And so it kind of, you know, it's pattern interrupt as they call it. And so, um, if you're, if you typically send a ton of emails that have a lot of images, well, maybe your next one do like no images and get straight to the point, really short, you know, like really big call to action and that's it. You know, I think there's, there's a value in mixing things up, and it not, up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Not doing the same thing every time. The sign off is a whole nother thing too. I mean, this has turned into a little bit more about email marketing, but, <laughs> but it all is so connected to the fun, the actual funnel. Right. So, but I remember David saying one time a while back that instead of signing off the emails from Aspen Grove, instead of putting, um, from Aspen Grove studio or whatever, he signed it, David Blackman, like, sincerely david blackman and put his like contact info or whatever there he said he got tons of responses and comments and it was like and and i i think it'll happen it'll happen to me too even though we know full well what's going on that he didn't just type that email out he's got writers writing it and it's in an automation sequence and all this but when you see that at the end it does psychologically affect you and you do think it yeah. is more of a personalized thing so and again yeah. it depends on the content and the right. audience, of course. I think, yeah, I think it personalizes it for sure. For me, my, so David, it's Aspen Grove Studios, and then he personalizes it with the sign up. Like my emails from Divi Life come from Tim Streifler, and then in parentheses, it says Divi Life. And so I always get a ton of responses and stuff. Um, yeah. And it goes right to my inbox, which may or may not be a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, I'll get people that will be like, unrelated to what I'm, what the email is about, they'll respond and say, Hey, like this thing's not working. I need help. You know, and I have to politely send them over to support. But, um, <laughs> but I think that's a really good point. Like having a person behind your emails yeah. and not just a company can be really effective. I think, I think if so you too. don't want to do images, at least spend some money on getting some nice little header made up for you. Like, I think at the very minimum, do your logo, but I think it's really nice if there's just kind of a nice little banner across the top. If you're using MailChimp, they make it super easy. Then you can just have all text and one button. Like you can make it as simple as you need to if that is just too much for you. Um, but I do think it is worth having a nice little header at the top. It, it will make people feel warm and fuzzy as they come to your email. Uh, I like a header myself too. I, I Sometimes I think those other ones are like lazy. Like, like if we just had a website that was just all text, like, no, design yeah. it for me, make it look good, be professional. But, but yeah. this is a whole thing now that like those, I get a ton of marketing emails that are just text. So Olga's in yeah. the chat today. Hey, Olga, she said that she likes it to be more general and, and not, not all designed and stuff. Yeah. I mean, and it, and it kind of, again, depends on who your audience is. And when you're coming from like a personal brand, like a marketer, um, you know, that's selling an info product when it's just text, it feels more like a personalized email rather than like a traditional HTML, you know, pretty designed marketing yeah. email. That's right. I think something. we might have to have an email marketing episode. <laughs> there's a I lot of, so. cause there's more questions in the chat and it, and we're up to one hour already right now. So we're about to go over if we do any, uh, final thoughts, but, um, we'll do some quick final thoughts, but everybody, if you wouldn't mind, please hit the like button 
smash it for Pablo. Do it for all of us. Uh, in the if you're watching live, if you're watching recorded, please uh, like the episode. Leave us a comment. Let you know what, what you let us know what you'd like to hear in a future episode. We'd love it. Um, so that being said, do you guys have any final thoughts that you'd like to throw out there? No, understanding that we've gone completely like off beyond topic. and well, not off topic, but you know, just in general on the funnels and maybe yeah. we'll circle back on a future episode and talk about email marketing. Yeah. I, I guess a final thought for me would be, don't be afraid to, to test things out. There's no right or wrong answer. Like, uh, we, Stephanie mentioned click funnels earlier. Well, click funnels, their whole thing is, is they're trying to preach that websites are dead. All you need is funnels, which I disagree. I think like we talked about before having both simultaneously, uh, especially for e-commerce where if you have an e-commerce store and it's a, a traditional shopping experience that people are familiar with and expect, and then using funnels, sales funnels for campaigns when you're doing, you know, paid traffic or you're, you're promoting uh, via email marketing type of thing, but not like pigeonholing yourself into like one type of, of platform. Um, so that, that's my, my big advice. And I think the, the way you're driving traffic to can affect, um, kind of how, uh, or, or what type of, 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 method you should use. So for example, like SEO and stuff like that, I think, you know, organic that should be go to more of like a blog post or a traditional website where paid traffic or traffic from email marketing should be more like a, a tr like a formal sales funnel where you have, you know, one mm -hmm. purpose to the email, one purpose to the sales funnel, and you're driving that traffic, you know, or one purpose for the paid ad type of thing. Um, so that that's kind of how I feel and, and kind of separate the two. Cause, um, yeah, driving paid traffic to like a traditional e-commerce landing page isn't as great, um, you know, because there's just a lot of distractions. So, which I, I actually break that rule on my own ads sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, ads are a whole nother subject too. All right, Sarah, what do you think? Any final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts are just don't don't make it bigger than it has to be. If your business is newer or smaller or you're not selling products specifically. It's okay to have a more simple funnel. And maybe you want to start with just on the website type funnel. So maybe you're not kind of ready to set up email campaigns and you want to send them through a funnel on your actual website. But that's okay too. It's okay to kind of play around with it and work out how can you get to them to the point where they're comfortable enough to make contact with you. Well, that's still a funnel. It's not necessarily getting them on a whole email train. Um, but that's okay as well. If you're wanting to kind of guide them through your website, that's still part of the job. Um, my final thought would be that, uh, I think at this point it's 2020, we all need to have some funnels on our sites. And I think that it, like Sarah said, it can be, and, and Tim too, we've all said it, right. It can be simple up to complex. So just start. I think even a simple funnel, it, uh, the first couple times I did it, it, it felt a little overwhelming because you think like, oh, it's a landing page. And then I send them an email, right? Well, yeah, but you got to have the landing page and the thank you page. and You've got to integrate the email system and have, you know, so it can feel a little bit overwhelming. But once you do a couple of them, you can repurpose the things that you've built. Obviously, you can repurpose your Divi layouts. You can repurpose set, uh, email campaigns and things like that if you make them evergreen. You know, once you start and you sort of get the hang of it and get your head around it, then it becomes a little bit less intimidating. And then you can then go from there and say like, okay, well, maybe I'll add a little tripwire into it. Or maybe I'll 
throw this into an e- in an email in the middle of the sequence or things like that. So you can continue to grow. And this is something that is hugely beneficial and desired by your clients, most likely. So this is something that get get doing it for yourself and learn how to do it and then sell the heck out of it to your to your clients, everybody, because you'll help them get their business rolling too. So All right. Well, that's it for us today. Thanks so much for showing up in the live chat, you guys. We love having you here. You guys have been so chatty tonight. Last week, too. You guys are awesome. You're the best. So we're super glad you're here. Um, Don't forget, if you're listening on your podcast app or whatever, please go to ratethispodcast.com slash Divi chat and give us a a review and those those wonderful, beautiful stars that we want to see, all five of them. All right, so that's it for that's it for tonight. We will see you next week, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye.